Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, quarantined in D.C., and today my guest is Sarah Wood, who's also quarantined, and we're going to be talking about all those fun things you love, like politics and more politics. There's so much to talk about. So many stupid idiots protesting this fucking virus. It's so stupid, we can't even believe it. Sarah is so irritated with them, so she's definitely going to have a lot to say about it. Looking forward to it. And I'm going to keep this opening real short today and say, looking forward to my conversation with Sarah. And then on Wednesday, I talked to Steph Walton. I've got two women who make me feel comfortable. They're my, like, I call them my comfort hosts, like comfort food. They're my mashed potatoes and stuffing of co-hosts. I love them. I feel comfortable with them and I'm happy to have them back. And, uh, you know, there was that last time when I did the show with Sarah and it was like, I don't know, an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes, whatever it was. And it was just all completely effed up and we couldn't use it. So isn't it funny how I just said effed up when I usually say fuck all the time? Anyway, I couldn't use that show and I felt so bad. So I'm glad she's back here today. I'm glad she's so understanding. And let's just jump right into it. Start Me Up is an independent podcast and it's run by me, a woman, woman run. (laughs) So if you like the show today, please consider becoming a monthly subscriber at patreon.com slash start me up. Sign up for any tier. Now, if you get to you, like you could sign up for $2 and you get every show delivered to your email box. So if you like the show, you'll never miss it. And I do two per week and then I do two patrons only shows per month. So those patron-only shows are either going to be me by myself or me with a guest, and it's just got a more personal feel. So you get to know me a little bit better. If I have a co-host, it's just, like I said, it's a more personal thing than usually we put out for the free show. So if you sign up right now for um, $5 or less, whatever it is, $1, $2, $3, $4, $5, you get that show. Any, actually, any amount. You get the shows for any tier. You could, you could sign up for $1,000 a month. <laughs> That's not even a tier, but you could, and you're going to get those free shows. Eventually, I will make the patrons-only shows $5 a month, but I'm keeping them at $1 right now uh, for a limited time just so I can build up that $5 listenership, and then I feel more justified because I hate putting things behind paywalls, but I also like giving um, people who are really supportive of the show something extra. So that's where we are for right now. So also, if you um, want to make a one-time donation, you just go to the description of this show on the Patreon page, and I give you my email address, and you can send a one-time donation to help the production of the show. I always appreciate it. You can also find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Please, please, please become, or, well, become a subscriber. That's free. And then any kind of good review rating you can give me, that's great, because I had two negative reviews because they were from trolls. I pissed some people off on Twitter. Can you imagine? And one of them said to F all the way off. And that, that review got deleted. Ha ha. But the one that stayed up, I actually wear as a badge of honor. Because it's a guy. And he says that um, Kimberly is an old school Democrat who cries misogyny every time a man corrects her. Okay, that's fine. You could keep that up. Um, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> Regardless, I am so appreciative of your support. I love it. And don't forget, I love, 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 love your comments. So if you disagree with me, that's great. If you agree with me, that's great. I don't care. Just leave me a comment. Tell me how you're feeling. Tell me what you're thinking. Tell me if you have any show ideas. Doesn't mean I'm going to take them, but I'm always going to consider So whether it's a patrons-only show idea or a free show idea or a guest idea, one thing to keep in mind, though, I don't always have um, candidates on because I don't know that my, you know, I I know my show isn't big enough 
to reach like a smaller audience, a, a, a targeted small audience somewhere in the United States. I'm better having a national appeal. So, and 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 keep in mind too, some most of the time, um, the guests that I get on this show follow me on Twitter, so I'm able to, you know, send them a direct message and get to them directly. If it's somebody who's huge, like uh, Michelle Obama. There's no fucking way. That's never going to happen. So keep that in mind. But if there's somebody on Twitter that you're like, hey, I think this person is really cool. I think they would be a good guest. You know, let me know. Maybe they follow me or maybe I can get a hold of them somehow. Um, so I just I like engagement and I like when you guys comment because it, it helps me determine, um, you know, where the show should go or what I should do. Like, for instance, um, I interviewed Rob Sullivan last week about manifesting and Judged by the reaction or the lack of reaction, uh, I don't think too many of you were that interested in, which is fine. Um, so I'm probably not going to do shows like that again. Uh, I don't regret it, but I'm, I'm grateful for the experience to know, okay, what do you like? I want to know what you like. That's all. I just want to like kind of, I know everybody likes politics, so you don't have to tell me that. <laughs> but if there are certain guests that you really like, I like knowing, um, hey, bring this guest back or whatever. So just asking for some engagement. I like to build up a community. You know how that all goes. All right, that's this. I've blabbed enough. Time to get to my conversation with Sarah Wood. Welcome back, Sarah Wood. Well, hello. <laughs> yeah, so th the last time you were here, we did this whole freaking show, and I went to listen to it after just to do the editing to put everything together, and it was just totally unlistenable, and I felt so awful because we spent like over an hour. It was like an hour and a half, I think, or something. Yeah, and but it was still nice to talk to you for I that know. long. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was fun, but it was like, I, I didn't, I hate wasting people's time. And it was just, it was so frustrating. But fortunately, Bob figured out what the problem was. And so we're good to go. So, and we did check this one first. So there's not going to be any surprises. And the thing that sucks is when I'm recording, um, I have a, I don't know what you would call it. I don't know all the technological terms, but, you know, there's like this bar that shows me once I hit stop recording, I can see the the levels, but I can't see the levels while I'm recording. So it's kind of frustrating, but whatever. We figured it out. So awesome. So how are you doing in quarantine? I am I'm surprisingly well. I feel like I've I don't know like I've adjusted to this new normal. Yeah. I don't I just like I'm I feel like I'm just dealing with it better because yeah. now it has become sort of a new right. normal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how much did you go out? Like, were you, are you a really social person? Do you go out a lot? I do. And I work in, I work in New York city. So like, I often like go out after work oh, for yeah. drinks and like, or, or, I, or I'll go into the city to go out or, you know, I, I don't go out that much. I mean, I'm almost like 40. So I'm like, those days are <laughs> long past, mm -hmm. but still I like to like go to a happy hour and yeah. do that kind of stuff. And I, how but, far are you from New York? About an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah, wow. on the train. Yeah, it must be fun to live so close to NYC. It is. It's great. It it offers a lot of. I have kind of the best of both worlds, where I don't live in the city, but I work in the city, so yeah. I kind of get to um, have space. Yeah. But um, yeah, I feel I have a lot of friends in the city, and this has been really, really, really terrible for them. Of course, yes, absolutely. New York is just fucking awful. It's just, I mean, I know, but people who live there, like for instance, Molly Jong Fast wrote something. Um, I can't remember if it was for Vogue. It might have been for Vogue. But basically, she was just saying, you know, like, people who live in New York are just 
total New Yorkers. I mean, it's it's not. They are. It's like they are dedicated to that city, and I mean, it's understandable because there's something very unique about New York, and um, just you know, in my opinion, even though part of me hates Los Angeles and and Southern California, there's part of me that absolutely loves it. And it was funny because you know, my mom and I had both moved back to the East Coast. Uh, most recently, I mean, she moved back in 2017. I moved back in 2018, and 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 you know, we had come from Northern California. I lived in Southern California up until um, 2009. Then I moved to Northern, and so I haven't even really been to Southern California since 2011, and that was just on a visit. And it's like there's just this longing, and it's funny though because Bob and I watched that stupid fucking show Vanderpump Rules, and oh. um, <laughs> but what it's so funny because all we do is yell at the characters and <laughs> say how stupid they are, yet we're addicted to the soap opera story. Anyway, um, <clears throat> you know they, it's like it's kind of like fun for me to watch because I see all the scenes of Los Angeles and the palm trees, which I desperately miss. But um, but at the same time, there's and you live there too. You lived in Pasadena. There is this. Ah, this fucking plasticness. And I mean, they don't call it Tinseltown for nothing. It's just, it's, it's such bullshit what is considered important there. And, oh, yeah. you know, and yeah. as you age, um, I mean, unless you're in- intensely wealthy, um, you're like a big fat nobody now. I mean, you could live in a place like Pasadena or Glendale or other, other parts. That's why I lived in yeah. Pasadena. Yeah. Right. You can live right. there and have somewhat a normal life. But if you have to go into LA proper, which I always hated, um, it was just it was just a reminder of how plastic that town was. Yeah, as an East Coaster, Pasadena was kind of mm-hmm. a good compromise because it had that it has like I don't know how it is now. I guess it's been being built up a lot, but it had a more of an East Coast feel where totally. you could like walk walk around and you know, had coffee shops in it. You felt we did a lot of walking, like we lived in old town and we would just walk around and it wasn't like driving everywhere, which is yeah. the rest of LA. I mean, I, I loved a lot of LA. I yeah. of course love the weather, Yes, but, um, I don't know. You're right. I, it's, there was a re- I keep having to remind myself there was a reason I wanted to leave. Yeah. Um, like going to a party and before anyone even asks your name, they ask what you do. <laughs> like, what do you do? Basically, what can you do for me? Exactly. How much money um, do you have and what can you do for me? Yeah. And I have, I mean, I have a lot of great friends there, which is funny is like most of my friends there, they'd live in like Glendale or the Eagle Rock or Pasadena area. It's like, because that's where I'm an East side girl. Yeah. Well, Pasadena did have that East coast feel because it had a variety of architecture. And I mean, oh my God, South Pasadena, I'm sure you have driven around in those. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, just gorgeous so but it, but some of those homes would have I mean of course there were certain homes that were very California and bungalow and all that but then there I mean they don't really have what are what are the I can't remember the name of the traditional east coast homes um the craftsmen's or no not crafts because they have tons of craftsmen in California but the ones that yeah. look almost like the white house are very 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 east coast traditional homes and oh I, the east coast like yeah. uh colonial or yes like colonial yeah like yeah. you don't really see too much colonial um, no, that's where I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you might see a hint of a colonial, uh, you know, in some of the architecture, but mostly you're looking at Spanish style and then you have craftsmen and you ha- and there's just a, all different kinds. But that's what I loved. It was such a variety of architecture. And it's like and I yeah. just th- I knew that this was going to happen and it did. I, I miss palm trees so much. And it's like Bob and I went to Florida a couple of or last year for his dad's 80th birthday. And I'm not a big Florida fan, 
but oh just seeing the palm trees was like so it just it it touched my heart. It made me feel yeah. full. <laughs> well, that's like, that's like my wife. She's from Southern California and she, that's what she misses a lot being yeah. up in the Northeast again. So yeah, she's definitely feeling that. And she would, and her parents still live in Southern California. So, yeah. and it's been really frustrating because she was supposed to visit them actually this week and clearly that got canceled, yeah. but yeah, it's been, it's been hard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so like, okay, so what do you do when you, I know the last time we talked, you were talking about walking around in graveyards. Oh <laughs> yeah. I still, <laughs> I'm still walking around my graveyards. Um, cause I live when I first moved into this place, they were like, Oh, and by the way, it's quiet, but it's quiet <laughs> because you live next to a cemetery. And I was like, all right. I grew up next to a cemetery, so it wasn't such a big deal for me. Right. But my, my wife was like, oh, I don't know about this. But yeah, so, but what the great thing about that is it's very, it is very quiet and like no one's in there walking around. So you can like have this giant, vast area. Yeah. And if somebody is walking around, you can see them. Yeah. And you can like all go different paths. Right. And like you don't have to worry about running into anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. And then I walk out, like where I live, it's pretty. It's a town, so it's not so terrible. Like I can, I can walk around, and if you see somebody coming, you can, you know, go six feet away at least. Yeah. And it hasn't been. It's been pretty good. It hasn't been hard right. in that regard. Well, for, I, you know, I haven't been doing any of the things that you're supposed to be doing for keeping yourself. Well, I'm not going to say any. I have been doing quite a few things, but um, I haven't been working out. I still. It's so weird, you know. Since I was probably 21 years old, I've been working out regularly, at least three times a week. But I've, you know, I, I, I slowed down a little bit as I aged, but good four times a week, sometimes even five. Uh, as soon as we got quarantined, I was like, I just stopped working out, and I don't, and I, and I know that I'm going to get back to it, and I can kind of feel the urge coming on me, but it's still, it's not there. There's not the motivation to do it, and and I don't even take walks. I don't know. I think part of it is that, even though quarantine is kind of easy for me when it just comes to me and my personal um, habits and what I'm used to, I, I don't like knowing that this is going on. I don't like going to the store and exposing myself, but just you know. Being at home, staying at home. I'm I'm a cancer, and they say you know cancers are crabs, and they like to hide in their shell. Well, it's like my home is my shell. So yeah, I, I feel like I'm hiding, and I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know what it is in my brain that just like made me stop working out. And eventually, I'm going to start again because I feel such guilt. But the guilt <laughs> ha- the, the guilt hasn't overcome me, and I just haven't yet. And I haven't walked or anything. So, and then I know that in Maryland, I don't know what it is for you, but we're supposed to wear masks. Anytime we're outside. We have to, right now, we're, our rule is you have to wear them in public places. So if there's like a large group of people or if you're in the store, like I always wear, I I mean, I wear it even taking, I wear a face covering, even taking the dogs out. Yeah. Just because I'm just, I live in an apartment building. So I, I don't know. And I know people who work in the hospitals live in my building. So I'm just like, I just try to take every, every precaution. Yeah. 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 I I like, I, I live close to like. Yale Medical and all that. So oh, wow, wow. So so you know the other day, uh, you know, did you hear that Michael Caputo was named for HHS spokesperson? <laughs> I no. Well, so Michael Caputo, <laughs> which I didn't know who he was, right? Um, he is he worked, I think, for Boris Yeltsin, and then when Soviet Union fell apart, he worked on a campaign in the '90s to improve Vladimir Putin's. Um, you know, popularity or to, to get him more popular. So Trump names him recently the HHS 
spokesperson and somebody posted on Twitter, oh, Michael Caputo blocked me. So I click on Michael Caputo and he also blocked me. It's like I, a preemptive strike. Yeah, but I'm like, that kind of freaks me out because I don't... Yeah, he knew of you yeah, enough to I didn't block know you. <laughs> that, is, that is alarming. I know after I saw that you posted that, I checked and I was like, maybe he blocked me. And he hadn't. I'm not, well, I'm I wondered, not cool enough. I, well, I wondered... Well, the thing is, is that my... my um, pinned tweet is about the fact that I lived in Soviet Russia and I oh. you know so I said in the tweet that why are we letting Vladimir Putin win and so I just wonder you know I mean occasionally I have a tweet that goes viral or, or something and and maybe he saw that and then checked out my profile I don't know I mean I don't know how he yeah. became aware of me but it's a little creepy and a little um, unnerving <laughs> that this guy who I never even fucking heard of until recently and then find out he's worked for Russia has blocked me but you know okay well at least he blocked me instead of like he's keeping an eye on me <laughs> you know I just I don't know the whole thing makes me feel freakish and then there's the news that Michael Cohen gets to go for the rest of his fucking sentence for the for the next three years he gets to stay home because of the coronavirus now the coronavirus is not going to be around like for three years why doesn't he have to go back I know that seems ridiculous I don't I can't with I I just can't because then there we have other people who in there are like minor yes. drug offenders who like got caught with like yes a black man with a joint it's like still yeah in there. yeah and he's exposing themselves us yes it's wildly frustrating it's like oh to be a white man with money in America yeah exactly and it's like you know as we all can see quarantine can be I mean it's much better than being fucking in prison and he had enough time now to be in prison to be so grateful to just be, you know, at home for these next three years. Because, I mean, if, if, if I have the choice of being in jail or being home, of course I'm taking home. You can watch fucking Netflix all the time. They're, they're, you can have fun at home. You really can't have very much fun at jail. So it's just so ridiculous. And then I wonder what's going to happen to Roger Stone because I know the judge oh, denied him a second trial. But, I mean, what are they going to do? Are they just going to make him stay home? It's so frustrating. They should make a special prison if they if they have <laughs> if they feel so entitled to like make sh if, if that's the choice whether they stay home or go to prison I'm like well have them all stay in the same room together yeah really just let them and they can all lick the they can all lick the toilet toilet yeah be like go <laughs> okay so go I have away. to go I have to I have to share something that okay. was so cool okay so you know who Tom Nichols is Tom, no okay Tom Nichols <laughs> is he wrote. Oh, God, what is it called? Um, it's, oh, I have to remember the name of it. Oh, he's, he's a conservative. Uh, the Death of Expertise, that's what he wrote. He's like okay. a five-time Jeopardy champion. And oh, he wrote oh. The Death of Expertise, which I will say is, I haven't read the book, but I know that it's good. And it's basically just talking about that's what our country is dealing with. We, we ignore experts and, and how we should not ignore experts. And so I will give Tom Nichols that he is a smart man. But he's a very, con he's a conservative man. He's a never Trumper. So he's smart enough to know that Trump is an asshole. But back in 20, and there's this whole story that I'm just going to lead up to. So in 2017, he tweeted, and you know what? The other thing is, is that he's friendly with Bob and he's been on Bob's podcast. I mean, they will definitely disagree with each other in debate, but they uh -huh. respect each other. And so in 2017, he was mocking some of the women protesters wearing pussy hats and so I respectfully 
disagreed with him and said something, you know, I was, I don't know. He was basically saying about the protesters that it's all fine and good to show up wearing your hats, but you better vote. And I said, well, I do think this is going to result in, in votes. And so he started to become extremely condescending toward me. And then I said, why do you have to be condescending toward me? I'm just talking to you with respect. And he, he basically justified it and said, well, because whatever he said, I don't remember, but it was like, he was justifying being condescending. And I just stayed cool the whole time. I don't want to hurt Bob and, and the relationship that they have. And so somebody else, some other woman jumped in and they were both mocking me and being ridiculous. So I pointed out that, you know, a lot of, uh, political groups choose some kind of garb just as the suffragists had like the white dresses and the white outfits it was like white purple and green were the colors that they wore and yeah. th that they did actually succeed in what they wanted to do so we had this conversation he didn't reply to that it was over cut to sometime later in 2017 when we had our first election and women like not only won or showed up they won a lot of women won so i i tagged him when that happened with an article about all the women who won. And I said, you know, thinking of you, Tom Nichols. So he liked it, <laughs> right? So he, he never said to me, okay, well, you're right. They did actually show up. He never acknowledged that. So over the course of time, there has been, there have been a few times that he's tweeted and I think he was, I know he was wrong. He was wrong. Like for instance, there, I don't know if you remember, but there was this family living in their car and they had like a laptop. And so he was criticizing them for having a laptop and, he got all kinds of shit from people on the internet, basically saying, you know, when you're, when, cause they were living in their car, they were homeless. And, um, so the, you know, they were saying, you know, we, in order to find a job, you have to have a laptop in order exactly. to live, you have to have a laptop or, or a computer. And so I said, whatever I said to him. And I know that there was at least one other occasion where he was just being a fucking dick because he can be a dick. And, um, I called him on it and he got so angry with me and, I can't even remember what he replied, but whatever he replied did not make sense. And I remember I asked Bob, I'm like, what is he talking about? And Bob's like, I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. So I was just, I ha so I, this is all leading up to this. Just made me so fucking happy. So last night he went on this whole, and sometimes I really agree with him, right? Like I'm totally in agreement with him. But and, and in this case, I, I mean, I kind of agree. But anyway, he says, one thing that genuinely does mystify me with no start, snark Trump is one of the least masculine, least adult people in public life. Needy, whiny, defensive, pleading, scared of women, terrified of more powerful men. I'm at a loss about why his base sees him as manly or strong. So I replied and I said he validates their anger. There's definitely racism, sexism, and bigotry, but his base is angry in general. And he shows them it's okay. He gives them enemies to hate. They see what they want. So I tweeted that and like within mm -hmm. two minutes... Soledad O'Brien retweeted it, my, my reply. And That's it's a like, very smart reply. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, with, like, I think he's muted me because he never pays attention to me, no matter what I say. If I ever, I don't, I don't really interact with him too much, but if I do, he doesn't reply. But it's like the fact that Soledad O'Brien, who I will bow to her feet because she's so yeah. fucking smart, yeah, retweeted me under him was like one of the biggest victories of my life. <laughs> I love that. I love oh that so much. Oh my God. Cause he's just, I mean, and it's like, you know, there are times when I agree with him. There are times when I've retweeted him in agreement and even said so, but it's like, he's just such a curmudgeon sometimes, you know, it's like he's, he just has to be the, the curmudgeon conservative, but whatever. But that just felt really great. It was like, thank you, Soledad. Oh my God. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. So much yeah. fun. Um, so here, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. 
there's lots of debate going on right now about whether or not we should air or like okay, I should say the cable the the popular cable networks should air Trump's pressers. Now, no oh, matter yeah. what, yeah, no matter what, it would be aired on C-SPAN. So, yeah. it would be on C-SPAN. So, take it away. What do you think? I think if he's coming out there and not actually providing like factual information or information regarding the the virus mm-hmm. and what we should be doing, then he then no, I don't think that, that they, they should be airing them. Because what, what's happening now is I even talked to my mom the last week and she's heiress more conservative. Mm-hmm. She's basically like there are campaign rallies. He can't go and do all of his campaign rallies right now that he loves to do and he craves to do it because he's a man who needs attention. Yeah. He he's using these pressers as a means to do his campaign rallies and boast about himself and brag about himself and go after other people. Mm-hmm. And he's not using them in a productive way to inform the American public. He doesn't need to do them every day. Yeah, he does them every day <clears throat> because he wants. To brag, like to boast about himself, he wants yeah. that. He craves airtime and screen time, yeah. and people seeing his ugly face. <laughs> like yeah, he craves that. So, so he doesn't need to go out there every day. He could go out there every other day or once a week and be like, yeah. "Here's the update. This is right. where this is where this is what's happening. This is where we are. This is what we need to do. This is what we've done, and that's it." He doesn't need to go out there. And and when reporters ask him questions. Instead of getting defensive, he needs to answer them. He needs to realize yeah. that the buck stops with him. Yeah. He may he may love the title of president, but he has to realize he actually is the president. Mm-hmm. He actually is the person in charge where the responsibility lies, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he of won't. the entire Yeah, but he <laughs> he never will. So no, I don't I don't think that I don't think that they should air his, his these press conferences. I think that they're just giving him a free platform to have these Yes, stupid, like virtual rallies. I think it's stupid. Yeah, because it's always going to be irresponsible. Yeah, I mean, we if if anybody wants to watch them, they can go to C-SPAN, and and then not only that, after he's finished, then the reporters or the journalists or you know the the cable news people can all focus on certain things that he said that are necessary to focus on for whatever reason. Or we can point out, okay, he uh, was rude to a reporter or something like that. But yeah, the fact that he's going on and, and he is getting um, these rallies, basically, they're, they're calling them press rallies. But I, wanna, I wonder this, I wonder too, um, aside from his base that really will accept anything from him, do you think that those press conferences are helping people decide one way or another, like, especially people say like independence. Do you think independents take a look at that and they say, Oh my God, he's just a total embarrassment. Or do you think that it's neutral? Like, what do you think? I mean, it's hard for me. Cause I don't I have think an we can, I think we can hold the election tomorrow. I think people are already know who they're voting for. Yeah. I don't think he's going to sway anyone. His base is going to vote for him. They're going, yeah. they're going to vote for him no matter what he could kill people. He is killing yeah. people right, right now exactly. by this, with his lack of action. And they don't care if, if anything, they're adding to it by holding these stupid rallies, which yeah. I want to get into in a minute. Yes, but like, yes. um, no, I think I don't think it's going to sway independence. I think everybody knows right now who they're going to vote for in the general election in November. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So let's I can't talk about see these, Trump swaying anybody. <laughs> let's talk about these rallies with these with these fucking idiots who are wearing masks and then signs that say, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> it's like. These, these women showing up yes. 
and they're like showing their roots and they're like, oh, it's like, okay, first of all, go on Amazon, <laughs> order some freaking box dye yeah. and dye your own hair. Yes, I I've do. Cut, yeah. I've cut my own. I've cut my, like, I need a haircut. Oh, sorry. People are dying. You need your haircut. Yeah. I like, I've cut my hair. I've trimmed my hair twice since this has all started. Yeah. It's like. It's, or if you're a woman, who gives a shit? Like, pull it back. Like, who cares? If you're a guy, I've had friends who buzz their hair because they're just like, well, yeah. I guess this is what it is for my now. Brother, yeah, my brother did that. He yeah. just shaved it all off. Yeah, like my brother, my brother's a um, former Marine and he, um, I guess you're once a Marine, always Marine, but he, right. he, yeah, he buzzed his, he buzzed his hair. He buzzed his son's hair. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, it's what we're doing. It's like, it just like these aren't even sacrifices exactly. like it's just like, like it's like we're not it's not the draft you're not being told you're not being called into war and being shipped overseas to fight in some war where you could die no you're asking be you're asking to stay home on your couch watch netflix you know <laughs> exactly. eat from your fridge have and it's some, like have a drink or a joint because yeah, those are it's essential like, <laughs> they are and like and you're, and then you're preventing people from dying by doing that and i think a lot of it comes down to this and i i don't know i've just noticed this um, you see a lot of townie mentality mm-hmm. where like these people who have never, li- I mean, I've yeah. lived all over the country. You've lived all over the country. And a lot of my friends have, and I realize that's who I've surrounded myself by. Right. But then there's this other group of people who have like grown up in the town they lived in, you know, married someone from their town. Mm-hmm. They've kind of feel they've already isolated themselves from the broader yes. world by living in this town their whole life. They don't realize that they've lived living in isolation their whole life, but they have. Mm-hmm. And now that they're being told to actually isolate themselves by a, by a body bigger than themselves, mm-hmm. they're like, they're like feeling really defensive about yeah, it. Interesting take, yeah. And what I'm also seeing, it's just like, but I wrote it down earlier. I, sorry, I need to get my notes on this because okay. <laughs> I wrote it down and I was like, they feel untouchable because they've always isolated themselves in these areas. And it's like, they're so, <laughs> and I wrote, I wrote, unlike, unlike them, the virus doesn't discriminate. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's so true. Oh my God. And that is such a good point to make. It's like, well, it's kind of the same thing where, you know, there was that woman holding up a sign of a mask and the mask is being um, crossed out and it says my choice my body so they're (laughs) co-opting the pro-choice language yeah and so you know men are standing there on you know whatever stairs of city city halls or whatever they're on with guns basically with that kind of argument although you know i'd like to see how these white men would react to a group of black men i know i was just gonna say if these were all people of color can you imagine Mm -hmm. well it's there would be like tear gas and there oh would be God. arrests would, and yes. people would be dying and yes. it would be, it, it would just, yeah, it would. They're such just, fucking hypocrites. It's unbelievable. They're so entitled. Yeah. There's, this is just, I feel like it's highlighting, what's not a word, highlighting. <laughs> I feel like it's highlighting who we are as people. Yes. I feel like the, the, the good people who are just like, we're going to hunker down and stay home because we want to save lives and like, mm-hmm. and everybody who's doing their part. And then we have the people who have always been selfish, but have gotten away with being mm-hmm. the, these entitled jerks. It's all being highlighted now. Like we're seeing it firsthand. Like these people who yeah. have been spoiled their whole life and now are finally being told no, and they're losing their shit. Yeah. And you know, I was thinking it's funny back when I was like, I don't know, probably 19 years old. I met this guy. He's a couple years older than me and he's a Mormon. And he said something like our generation has been spoiled 
this was like late 80s. Our generation is, is spoiled uh, because we've never had to go to war. Now, yeah. I, I do say that I don't think I don't think going to war is the answer to humbling people. But like, I do think I mean, I hate war, but I think that perhaps there should be like a one or two year um, kind of like each American should have to for X, you know, whether you, you could either wait before college or after college or however it works, but you have to dedicate two years of your life to some kind of service. Doesn't have to be military, but it could be a Peace Corps situation or it could be help helping out in some way so that you are a little bit more empathic and you have an, you have a deeper understanding instead of just doing what you want to do. You, you have to go serve. You have I absolutely to serve agree with that. Because then it yeah. opens your mind. And I mean, as you said, when you have the, op- I mean, I've had the opportunity, I lived in Russia for nine months and then I, you know, I mean, I've traveled. I haven't, I, I, ha- I, I've definitely been to a few places. I spent some time in Italy, you know, three weeks with my mom. We went, we did a vacation for three weeks where it was like two weeks in Italy and one week in um Greece. And when I lived in Russia, I got to travel to Helsinki, which was kind of awesome because that's where you would go when you lived in Russia to buy things like for your home furnishings or whatever. And then um, I also got an opportunity. I spent a very small amount of time in England. And then I also got to go to Brazil. So um, and when I went to Brazil, I got to see I don't know if you've ever heard of Iguazu Falls, but it's fucking amazing. It's like it's it's supposedly it makes um, uh, what is the falls here? Oh, what is that famous falls? Which, where, where is it? It's near Canada. The one in New York or wherever it is. I can't remember. Oh, Niagara Falls? Niagara, thank you. I can't remember. I'm so terrible at these things. Anyway. No, it's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's supposedly, it's like makes Niagara look like a trickle because the Iguazu Falls is between three different uh, countries. And so it's just vast and there's tons of falls. There's huge ones. There's small ones. I remember there was this one time where we were riding, I was, I was, kind of like there was I was having a long distance relationship with somebody and so we were in a taxi and we were going to drive to a part of the falls and it it looked like it was raining white butterflies it was like they were everywhere it was so amazing Aww. so but I mean I I've had the opportunity to see what it's like and I mean that's a third world country and so I and I got to live in a communist country so I've I've had that experience and and like you said there's these people in this in America who have only been in small towns their whole lives and that's all yeah. they know and, it, and in the end, when things like this happen, it winds up hurting them. And then it hurts all of us. It does. And I just want to put a disclaimer out there before people think I'm like some rich white lady that has traveled all over the country and the world. The places that I've been to, I've been to as the help. So, <laughs> well, I mean, like, I was like when I, when I lived, I lived in, in Russia. <laughs> yeah, like when I lived in when I was in Australia for a couple of months, I was there as the help. Oh, and I've been to different places, so I was a I was a celebrity nanny for a time. So oh, I right. yeah, so I had to I had to go, and I was yeah. the help. So before people think that like oh that's rich right. whitely, I'm like. Yeah, I mean, no. that, my mom paid for, well, my mom paid for our vacation. It's still a we great for, trip, though. Right, yeah, like, my mom paid for my vacation for the three weeks, and then the the guy that I was dating paid for, for me to go to Brazil, and then, you know, I lived in Russia, and then those trips where I was 12. So, I'm not either. I'm not that woman who's just been jet-setting everywhere. In fact, I'm yeah. not, I'm, I'm grateful that I've had the opportunity to travel, because left to my own devices, I probably I hate traveling so much, and especially now, traveling is extremely uncomfortable. And 
because Bob is six four and I'm six feet, especially Bob, every time if we're in a coach situation, I mean, he always takes a picture of his knees pressing up against uh-huh. the chair and, and, you know, the airlines always act like they care and they never do. And, and they want you to pay more to have business I, class. And like, I have this, yeah. I'm six feet too. So I got, yeah, I yeah. know what you're so, talking about. So, I mean, about. it's uncomfortable and especially for him, I mean, I can kind of get away with it, you know, but it's like with, with, when you have long ass fucking legs, like he does, it's very uncomfortable. So travel is just not fun. And, you know, and I'm not a big hotel fan and I'm also such a fucking pain in the ass when it comes, I'm so high maintenance because I need, I need a fan in my room. In fact, Bob and I sleep with two fans because, (laughs) you know, sometimes he, uh, he doesn't really snore very loud, I know I snore too. He's told me, he's like, you have that like soft kind of snore thing every once in a while. But it's like, he'll have that soft kind of snore thing. And and if the fans are on, I won't hear it. I only hear it if I get up to go to the bathroom and I'm already awake. But if I'm asleep, it doesn't wake me up. And the fans help to drown out that noise. So it's like, I can't, like, how am I going to go to Europe with two fans? <laughs> like such a, it's never going to happen. So I don't see my, you know, I mean, I think at some point it would be nice to go, to, like Bob would love to go to France because he's a cyclist and he would love to cycle in the, you know, French countryside and all that. And I think that he should see Italy because he's Italian and he should see it because it's I've always it's wanted amazing. to see Italy. I've never been there. Highly yeah. recommend. Although, you know, I, it, was so, it was so funny, and I won't go off into too much of a tangent, but I was in Rome when I was 12 with my dad and my stepmom, and we did spend New Year's there. And that was kind of, that was a, it was a fun trip. And then um, I went back with my mom in 1996, and we spent the most time in Rome. I think we were there for like eight days. And then we went to Florence, and then we went to, uh, what's the one, um, the island that's underwater now almost. Oh. I can't remember anything. I'll remember <laughs> it in a minute. Uh, Venice. But, uh, oh, yeah. So I had already been familiar with Rome. But when we flew over there, um, we landed in Germany. And we had to spend the night in Germany. And then we had a connecting flight, you know, or whatever, you, the next flight following. It was like, I can't remember how long we were in Maybe we were, had like a six or seven hour layover. So we, we got a hotel room and we just like slept for a while and then we got back on the plane to go to Rome and that's, I started feeling like I had a sore throat. So I got sick just as we landed and I was sick for the whole time that we were in Rome and I mean, I, I managed to get out a little bit of the time and I started getting better but then we went to um, Florence which is, I wish we would have spent more time in Florence because Florence is like... Rome is definitely the more touristy place. It's gorgeous and it's old and all that, but it's a little more touristy, whereas Florence is a little bit more authentic, less touristy. And so we were only there for a couple of nights, and I had to spend the whole time in the hotel hotel room because I was sick. And it was raining the whole time. And then we went to Venice, and we were in Venice for, I think, three nights, which was two nights too long. And it was the absolute worst hellish experience. My mom and I hated it. And I think part of it, because people have gone to Venice and loved it, and it, that was not our experience. One day I'll have to tell my story about that because it was fucking awful. But um, I know that there is like there's the main part that's the touristy part. And then there's this like you can walk into um, this like residential area. And I've heard that that's where you go. That's where you go for the restaurants. That's where you go for the authentic Venice. But I was, com- you know, coming over, getting over this nasty ass fucking cold. And I just didn't have the energy to walk that much. So we just didn't get to see the more authentic 
uh, you know, version of Venice. And now it's like, you, I saw those. I don't know what's going on now, but it was underwater not too long ago. Like really underwater, up to, up to like people's waists. Yeah, I saw that. Did you see like the Venice canals though? Like because there's, I guess yeah, they're I mean, clean. Yeah, they're they're clean. At least that's what we're seeing. Like mm-hmm. we, we, we believe what we see on 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 the internet. But they're like, I guess some like dolphins have been out there and stuff. Like I feel like as awful as this virus is, it's also making everybody pause and Mother yeah. Earth is allowed to like kind of reclaim its time mm-hmm. well, it's, <laughs> and yeah. its land. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, I think it's such an opportunity. And I mean, it's, it's proof that if, if we make changes, we will see changes. You Fast. Know? Yeah. Like they happen very, like think about, we've only been in isolation. Like it was only a month. We, we saw like massive changes. Yeah. In, and like Los Angeles is so clear. Yeah. It's like, it's so we can do this. If we, if, if we as humans actually decide to give a shit, we can make big changes. Yeah. But, but it's it's greed has mm-hmm. is like the ultimate virus and mm-hmm. like we are the virus like greed people who like that's why I want to get back to like they say they want to open the economy yeah like what is it what even is that like okay oh well, we could lose a few lives I'm like who okay so who of your family yeah are you willing to lose right. so that the shareholders of TJ Maxx can have their fucking dividend dollars. <laughs> Like who of your family, yeah. like Aunt Betty, yeah. cousin Ronnie, yeah. who of your family? Like, that's what I don't get. Like they, cause when they, when they say these things, mm-hmm. they're disassoci- disassociating themselves yes. from their personal life. Yeah. They, they think of it as some like far off person yeah. and, and they don't have to think about it. Yeah. But it's like, no, it's like when, when people think about opening the economy, like what even is that? Like, how does, how does that, that verb and that noun go together? Yeah. Like, no, like we are sitting here as human beings trying to stay alive Mm -hmm. and you're worried about like money comes and money goes Mm -hmm. and we'll always, we're always going to recover. Yeah. We're always going to figure out a path forward, Mm -hmm. but you can't sit there and be like, oh, well, if we lose two to 3% of our population, do you know how many people that is? I know. Well, and like Dr. Oz thought it was okay to lose two to 3% of, of our kids. Of our children. And then they're not even, he's not even taking into consideration the teachers and the administ- yeah. administrators and like the, the other staff that's in these schools that yeah. would be exposed and could die. And I just, I just boggles my mind. So that's I what know. I want to add. That's what I want to ask of these people who want to open the economy. I was like, like I want to like sit in the White House press brief, press briefing room and go, okay, Trump. Of course, this would probably be an easy question for him. I'd be like, <laughs> know, who really? of your family do you want to die? And he'd be like, well, Eric. And Eric, I'd be like, oh, okay. Besides Eric, who of your family would you want? Would you allow to die? <laughs> like we all assume he's going to choose Eric. I know it's the easy choice. I'm I mean, look at him. He's kind of, he's, he's useless, but. <laughs> and he blocked me on Twitter too. Oh, did he? Yes. And that's because I was really mean. And I, I said, he looked like a villain from a Stephen King novel. novel that's done. That's being, me. that's even being too kind. <laughs> I'm such a bitch. <laughs> oh man. I love how they all try growing facial hair. Like that makes their faces better. Well, did you hear, did you hear the story? And this is like totally going off, but, uh, that the women are at least, What's her name? Kimberly, I don't know, Gilfoyle, whatever her name is, is being paid $180,000 a year to be Don Jr.'s girlfriend. Have you heard that story? I don't know if it's true, I but did. I just I I think mean, it's funny. 
I do. Apparently, like if you want to, if you want to sleep with them, it's one thirty. <laughs> you want to date well. them, it's one eighty. You want to marry them, it's two fifty. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, he's such a fucking derp. He he is such a derp. But yeah, these protesters are crazy. And the the thing is, the other thing that I also don't understand is. Okay, who is insist? Now, granted, we all suffer when these people choose. To, even like y- you and I suffer, even if we're quarantining, because we still have to go to the store. We still have to go out in the world, and that just yeah. increase. If if the, if the virus is ramped up, it increases our, you know. And then and then there are people who are going to be called back to work, who don't feel comfortable going back to work, and they're just they they have to choose now between their jobs and their lives because of people like these, you know, because of Trump basically. And yeah. what I don't understand though, is that so like it's all these red States that are saying, okay, it's, it's, we're opening up again. I think South Carolina opened up and, um, uh, I can't, Oh, it just bothers me so much, but it's like, it's their base. <laughs> it's their I, base. Why are they okay with their base dying? I mean, obviously I not know. everyone's going to die, but still, no, and then what's going to happen too is people are are going to become asymptomatic and they're yes. going to go to other places and yes. they're going to spread it and it's just we're going to have this uptick again. Yes. And it's like I've been sitting in quarantine since the beginning of March mm-hmm. and I try to go to the grocery store as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Like I try to go like every two to three weeks. Like I try to like go make a big shop and then like freeze a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and like and then I go through it and then I'm like well I gotta go to the I gotta go to the store again and I still have a stockpile of things you know yeah. in case we were like really locked down because right. I'm, so I'm I'm actually hoping that we really locked down but yeah and I'm really grateful to live in a state that gives a shit mm-hmm. but um I can't believe we're gonna see an uptick again mm-hmm. oh it's, I know it's gonna get worse like we're gonna be all and and we're not <laughs> if everybody just stayed the fuck at home I know we could isolate the people who are sick, keep the people who aren't sick away from them. The virus will eventually kind of like dwindle down and then yeah. we can all go back to work. But until that happens, we have these selfish motherfuckers who keep yeah. coming out and just like, we want to go back. I want to, I need to get my, I need to get lawn fertilizer. <laughs> do you, do you really, is that life or death? Your yeah. lawn fertilizer, Harold? Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I know. And then, of course, like when I do go to the grocery store, which is pretty much I have to go to the pharmacy today and I've been dreading it, but I'm out of my medication and I have to go. And so I have to go. But, um, you know, when I go to the grocery store, which is my main outing, I see people wearing masks covering their mouths only. It's like, what the fuck is your problem? Oh, I've seen that where like their noses are still yes. exposed. I'm just like, what are you even doing? Like, what's, what's what's the, the point? point? Yeah, I mean, like, why why bother even wearing a mask? Like, is it just for fashion? Because you because <laughs> you also look really stupid. It's uh, just dumb, and I just I just I, I feel sorry though for you know grocery store clerks and stuff that have to stand there for the entire day wearing a face mask because it's yes. uncomfortable. It's hot. And, you know, I mean, I, I wear glasses and so, and my glasses are just fake glasses. They're, they're just, I bought them because I wanted to have a pair of glasses for whatever. And what's really funny is when I had written my book, it was called American Woman, the Pole Dance Women in Voting. And I was trying to get it. I was trying to appeal to the college. I lived in Santa Rosa. So it was like, I went to Santa Rosa College and I was trying to appeal to some professors to, you know, see if they wanted to talk about it with their students or whatever. And 
I wore glasses then because I, I just know that women who wear glasses are taken more seriously. And I'm also blonde. So I just thought, well, I bought these glasses because I wanted to be taken seriously. And anyway, I wear them now kind of as a, you know, it's not a complete shield, but a little bit of a shield. Yeah. And so when you put them on, they uh, fog up. And so it's. Oh, like yeah. That's why I haven't been wearing mine is for that very But You know what? Then. I found out uh, a thing. So this this goes back to the uncomfortableness. But I read on one of these do-it-yourself things where you take a little piece of Kleenex and you basically fold it and not too much, but a little bit so you can fold it into the shape of like the size of a fortune cookie fortune. And then you just put it on the top of your nose under the mask and it acts as a barrier so that the breath doesn't come up through your glasses and it does work. But what winds up happening is for me anyway, when I've done it, it falls so oh. it's it's loose around your mask. It's like, you know, you're breathing and it's kind of in your mask. And so it's like if you're somebody who's working, I don't want to touch it. Mm-hmm. And then you have to pull your mask open in, in order for it to fall out. When, you know, I mean, I oh, and then the worst thing. So last Thursday, because like I try so hard to, to take every precaution. I, I treat myself as contaminated when I get home. If I, yeah, if I go, if, if I get the groceries, I consider everything is contaminated. Every same. single thing. So I wash I, everything. I yeah. wash and I don't just wipe it down. I fucking put it in the sink and I Windex the shit out of all of it. And then I dry it off. So, um, and then I clean the floors and the doorknobs and the yeah, sink yeah. handles. <laughs> and then <laughs> I, I take off all my clothes and I take a shower. So, um, I was, I went to the store on Wednesday and on Thursday I was doing some banking online and I, I was doing it on my phone and my phone, something happened and I had to fucking re-enter everything and I had to re-enter my ATM card. So I go and I get my ATM card that I touched on Wednesday. Oh. And, um, so I kept thinking while it was all happening, I'm like, oh yeah, plastic, it's only on plastic for like three hours. So after I touch everything, my face, the computer, my robe, my cat, whatever I'm wearing, I look and it's like, no, it lasts on plastic for three days. So I started oh, I'm freaking out. I'm like totally upset. So yeah. I'm trying not to, you know, I'm trying, you know, and I posted that on Twitter and everybody's trying to calm me down and they're like, look, you're just, you're doing the best you can. And, and, but it's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So then Saturday or yeah, Saturday I went to the store and I got like the whole big grocery shopping order and I'm unpacking it and I always wear my hair up, but I guess when I pulled my mask off a little, you know, a little bit of long hair kind of came out. So I'm like washing shit off and like my, that long piece of hair just goes right in my mouth. It was like, a oh, long, and I'm yeah. like, oh my God, it's covered with coronavirus. And it's in my mouth. Oh, it just, it's like, I have the same fear. So it's like stressful. Yesterday, my wife and I took a walk around town and we, um, we have to like open the doors to our building to get out. And we, I had hand sanitizer with me, but I, I felt like I was being careful and whatever. But then like I touched my mouth. I don't for what I think a hair like flew on my mouth and I was moving it and I was like <gasps> so I literally poured hand sanitizer on my hand did my hands and then I like basically like put it all over my lips and like which yeah. is like terrible I know. but like I I felt like I was like drinking it I was like yeah. and then and then <laughs> three minutes later my wife did the same thing <laughs> and she's like oh my god and so, so she did the same thing and we're just like we're like well that's that's what we're that's the light. But I feel like while we're doing that, while we're mm-hmm. taking every precaution yes. and, st- and still being yeah. nervous about it, they got these idiots out there just with no mask, just like all like piled up together. And yeah. I'm just like, I, I can't like, and I feel like, do they think they're untouchable? Do they think they live in these areas where it's not going to hit? Like the virus doesn't 
discriminate. It doesn't like mm -hmm. decide, oh, I'm not going to go to Topeka. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, no, it's, it's going to go everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's like, what I, I don't understand. Like, give me freedom or give me death. Okay, then you're going to have freedom and death. That's what you're going to have. It's not even an and or situation. It's not even like an or. It's like freedom equals death. That's what you're like. It's like it's not fascism right now. It's just right. basically staying alive. Yeah. You're not you're not under what well, we can call ourselves under Trump, a bit of a regime. But we still hopefully still have a democracy yeah. where we can vote him out. Right. It's not fascist. We don't live under a fascist society. We don't. We still have our freedoms. Yeah. But you also... It, Clearly, because people have the freedom to be this stupid. <laughs> and it's just like, no, this isn't fascism. We're just, we're, we're off. It's like Michelle Obama with the vegetables. These yes. are suggestions yeah. to keep, make you healthier. Yeah. It's not like we're like, you're not being like locked in a prison and like they throw away the key and you're like, you can't go anywhere. It's like, no, we're asking you to take precautions mm -hmm. and for us to come together as a society, society to be healthier and cleaner and just mindful that we're all in this together. And that's, they're, they're so simple-minded and mm -hmm. selfish. And, I, and it drives me crazy. I, I have friends that are still having play dates and I yell at them. Oh I, my I, God. I can't, I, I don't even know. I, I, I don't, I don't I even can't. know what to do with it. Like my brother, he has three kids and he's not having play dates, mm -hmm. but he, um, like the kids, like he posted a picture on Facebook and it was, it was, it was cute, but it was sad where like, my little niece, who's seven, she was riding her bike down the street wearing a bandana oh. on her face. And her little friend was like on the other side of the street oh. wearing her little mask. And they're riding down the street together on their bike. That's so sad. But you yeah, know what? Know. The, you know, I was talking to Ben Cohen from the Daily Banter last Wednesday. And he was because he's got like a two year old. And he said initially his son, Moses, um, like would see uh, a friend because they'll take him like to a playground or something like that or whatever they do. So he would see a friend across the playground and the two friends would be like, oh, they wanted to get together. But the parents had to say, no, you can't do that. And then eventually what wound up happening was they see their friends and they don't even react anymore. They're like they've forgotten. And he's like, that's even more sad that they've like, it is. they've gotten used to the fact that now they're just, they don't understand what's going on. They're just going with the flow and they've forgotten what they used to know. And so it's like, uh, and yeah, and this is that's why so FaceTimes are important. Yeah, yeah, like FaceTime, even for little kids, FaceTime yeah. is still really important just so people I mean, it's not physical contact, obviously, but yeah. just to realize your friends are still there. Like my yeah. my nephew who's older, he's 11. He um, he's a Boy Scout. And so he his troop has little zooms. Oh, that's and, cool. and they all sit and they all talk to each other. And yeah, yeah, I but that is. I, I, yeah. I, I've I, done I've done a few Zoom happy hours with my my friends, which is funny because we never did that before, right. and we live and we and we don't live near each other, yeah. which is funny. And I'm like, this has actually brought us a little bit closer together, if yeah. that's possible. I think it has because we're all in it together, and yeah. we want to see each other's faces. And yeah. well, that's like on Stephanie Miller's show. Uh, you know, Bob has always been calling in on um, Wednesday mornings. And so now because of the coronavirus, she has people doing FaceTiming. And I think it's funny because it's like, you know, it's, it's not like Bob was FaceTiming before, but now he's doing it. And now I have this fear because I don't want to be in front of the camera. I don't like being in front <laughs> of the camera. And it's like, I hope, I hope I can avoid that. I mean, I'll do it with family, but, and yeah. I haven't done it with family, mm -hmm. but I'm thinking what's going to happen is if we do have a resurgence, especially, you know, in the fall, which they're saying is likely, and uh, the way we're going, it's almost absolute. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. You know, I think my mom's going to be alone for the holidays, so we can do a Zoom dinner, 
you know, at least we can spend, I mean, I'm going to, I saw her last week briefly and then, um, you know, but we keep our distance and I know, um, as the time moves forward, I'll be able to go to her place and like just sit on the deck with her and, you know, not be close to each other. But it's like, it sucks because I want to see her, you know, I want to be able to, I wish I could hug her. I, she doesn't have anybody to hug. She has her cats, but I just, it makes me feel really sad, but at least I know, you know, and I, I just, the fact that she, first of all, she's also pretty much a homebody and she didn't used to be, but she is now. And so, um, and before the, the quarantine started. So it's not entirely like her life hasn't been turned upside down. The worst part though, is that she was supposed to get hip surgery. So that's elective. So she can't, I don't know if it's going to be like a year before she can get yeah, it. But, that um, happened to my father-in-law. He was supposed to have foot surgery and he can't. Yeah, yeah and it sucks. And it's like, I, sh- I know she's been in pain for so long that um, sh- her doctor, cause she has issues with her knees and her doctor was like, all right, you need, you're going to need knee surgery. But then her doctor was like, wait a minute, let me check out your hips and checked out her hips. And she's like, that's your problem. You will need knee surgery, surgery eventually, but most of your knee pain is coming from your hips. And so, um, you know, she was going to do that and so she's in pain and I just, it, I hate it. I call her every day and sometimes she's fine. And other times she's like, Oh my God, last night was so terrible. I was in such pain. And it's like, I hate knowing she's in pain and there's nothing I can do to help her. And, and I just, it just fucking drives me crazy. Like for me, that's the worst part of quarantine. I hate that. I mean, at least like with my father, he's got my stepmom and they've got a dog. And so he can take the dog out for walks. And my mom can't even really go for a walk because she only gets so far. And she's like, I'm afraid and that she's I'm in. just going to get stranded yeah. and, and, you know, not be able to get back home. So, you know, she did take a little bit of a walk, but, um, I think that's just, that's the hardest part is like seeing my mom because for me, it's no big deal. I hate going out. I hate it. Like I told you, I'm going to the pharmacy after this. And it's like, ever since I've known, I thought I miscounted the number of pills that I had. And I thought I was good until Wednesday. Cause I usually go to the store on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And I thought, okay, I could do it on Wednesday, but I miscalculated and I, I need my pet, my, my meds. And so, um, Basically, it's just bioidentical hormones. It's progesterone. And I take these pills and I, and, and I don't want to hear it from anybody who disagrees with me because, oh, my God, they stop me from having hot flashes. And, and it's just oh. amazing. It's amazing. And I've heard that the pills aren't necessarily as good as the creams, but I've had the cream. And I noticed if I like there was one night, you know, like I forget to take my pill. And I know that I forgot because I wake up drenched. So, and I, I wish this were fucking over. I started experiencing, or I went into menopause, I guess, or I should say, they, they say you're in menopause when you haven't had your period for a year. So I remember I stopped, the last time I had it was literally on Thanksgiving of 2015. And then that's it. I haven't had it anymore. And it's like, I'm still going through shit. I'm still going through oh, wow. fucking <laughs> something to look forward to. <laughs> well, not everyone is like me. You know, I, I know I've but always I am had laughing <laughs> because like, this is my, um, I turned 40 this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm laughing. It's not, to, I don't turn 40 until December, but I'm laughing. It's like, this is, yeah, this, this is, is my last year in my 30s. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm spending it in quarantine, but I'm not, but, <laughs> but that's small. Like I, I yeah. what you're saying about your mom, like I think about my, um, my grandmother, she's in a nursing home. Oh God. And she has like severe dementia. Like she oh. She doesn't know what's going on. And so my mom, she, I think this is, I think it's bothering my mom more because it's her mother and because she can't go see her. 
And they're like, yeah. well, they're, they're setting up, like, there's a gazebo in, like, the area where, like, they're setting up a phone where you can, like, talk to your loved one through the window. But right. my grandmother, she, I, my mom's worried it would just confuse her oh, and she wouldn't yeah. know what's going on. And my mom would have to just have to keep repeating it and mm-hmm. telling the story. She wouldn't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I guess my grandma's, like, she's really happy and she's doing really well. And they're taking so many precautions to keep mm-hmm. the coronavirus out of the nursing home that it's, like... She kind of just has to let it yeah. be what it is. Right. And I think, so I think it's actually harder for my mother because yeah. she wants to go see her mom, but That's it is like what it is. And I, part, yeah. yeah. And I'm so grateful that of my grandmother's nursing home and that they're right. doing such a great job and she is so happy. So, well, at least there's that. Yeah. I mean, that makes yeah. it easier to handle. Yeah. Because that's just, um, that's so sad. It's just fucking sad. And it's like, yeah. you just want to hug it's them. It's those things. And they're like, they're not, they're only allowing any family. I think it's like end of life stuff. It's, it's really right. like my mom, I think they went at the end of February was the last time. And when they went in or was early March and they, they had to take everybody's temperatures before they went in and yeah. like, yeah, they're taking everybody worse. But I, mean, masks I think with and, the temperature yeah. taking, doesn't it like, I mean, if you're asymptomatic, that's the thing you don't i mean a temperature's yeah. not going to gauge every it's not a test well that's why they did a shut they shut everything down now like they're not yeah. they're not even allowing any guests in yeah. right now like and they shut it down yeah, yeah and that makes the most sense okay so i'm gonna we're gonna this is the last thing that we're gonna talk about and i i want to see what you think but i'm gonna make i don't want to say a prediction because i'm not very good at predictions um but okay i think with biden it's going to be either warren or harris now there is, and, and I could be wrong, and maybe you think that there could be another player in there, mm-hmm. of, of, you know, but I want to see what you think. But I'm just going to first say what I think. Okay. So um, now we know that like Clyburn and Lewis and some um, uh, uh, prominent African-American women groups have urged Biden, including Malcolm Nance, because Malcolm Nance is like, it's got to be Harris or you're going to lose. Um, you know, have urged Biden to choose an, uh, a black woman as a running mate. And so... Um, I look at this and I'm and I'm going from a strategic standpoint only, nothing else. Yeah. And so <clears throat> both people have like are, are, between Warren and Harris, they both have vulnerabilities, right? So like Warren's vulnerability or at least baggage if you want to call it, um, is that she would be coming from a state that has a Republican governor and she's a Democratic senator, so if um, they lose a Democratic senator, you know, I know there can I, I don't know the exact rules, but I know that there's there's going to be they would have an election, a special election to fill her seat. But and I guess in the interim, they would replace the governor would choose who it would be to replace her. So that's one thing that would be considered baggage. Um, and then I, I, I don't know as far as Harris is concerned. I mean, she's coming from California. She's a California senator. So, of course, Gavin Newsom is a, a, a Democratic governor and that wouldn't be an issue for her. I don't no. really know what the baggage would be with her, although there, like for I noticed that there's, um, you know, of course there's the the people on Twitter who are they call themselves the K Hive and they are like freaking all about Harris and they love her, and then there is this, and I don't know how big it is, and I don't know what the feeling is out there outside of Twitter, but what the African community thinks of Harris because there are. Um, like, for instance, there's this woman I know who is black and she was from day one. It's got to be Biden. It's got to be Biden. It's got to be. And I was like, no, no, no. And she's like, it's got to be Biden. And um, she's like, because it's, it's these white men have to, you know, she's like, look, I love women and all that. But these white men, they have to battle it out themselves. This is their fight. 
And that's how she felt. And, um, you know, and so it's like, okay, so then I, you know, we were talking the other day. And so I said to her, well, what, you know, he, he pledged that he was going to vote for a woman and she doesn't even think he should have a woman. She's like, no, it should be another white man on the ticket. And I'm like, no, I disagree with you. I don't think, you know, so we, we go back and forth. Anyway, she said she, at this point now, she understands that he's like going to pick a woman. So I, so she said, I want it to be Warren. And I said, well, it definitely could be Harris. And she's like, no, 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 no. I hate her. And I'm like, why? And she said, she's an elitist and she's, she's in it for herself. Now, excuse me, I don't necessarily feel this way about, about Harris, but she does. And I know that there are other black women that I've seen online kind of saying the same thing. I don't know what the feel is out there in the black community about Harris, like as the whole, but I would, I would imagine that, that there, and I don't think black people would say, fuck that. I'm not voting for Biden because he's got Harris. I don't think that would happen, but, and like, I go back to Warren and it's like, whatever, you know, her scary progressive ideas. I don't think people are going to say, and I say scary, I don't mean scary. I'm, I'm being facetious, but um, I don't think that whoever he chooses is going to stop Democrats from voting for him. Um, they just have their preferences, but each of them has their baggage. And, and so I would say probably the worst baggage that Kamala has is that her campaign wasn't run very well. And, it was not, no. Um, you know, and it's like, sh- you know, m- if she would have had a better run campaign perhaps she could have gotten more money perhaps she could have gone further but i would say out of those two women um the person who like because and and again this is strategy only not what should be or anything like that because i think a black woman should have been president at least once at least more than once but you know we should have had women presidents more than one but but we're not (laughs) yeah exactly we're not there and it sucks but we are where we are and so just on principle alone um it should be a black woman as president um i agree 100 percent. yeah but i mean so in reality we're dealing with this fucking racist nation and so i feel like okay joe biden has the black vote all tied up i mean you look at like south carolina all these places even michigan where like maybe 70 percent of black voters went for biden so he's definitely got the blame i hear klobuchar being thing but klobuchar is like too much like biden in my opinion and the only one that makes strategic sense and and it's not like you're going to pull out the the hardcore bro bernie people but the bernie supporters who are totally progressive who love warren and it's again, I think they're going to vote for Joe anyway, but I think that they I can help so. bring people over. I think yeah. strategically she makes the most sense. Warren. But Warren, I don't. Yeah. yeah. But I don't have the polling. I know they're looking at polling. I know that they've got information that I don't have. And whatever decision Joe is going to make is probably going to be based on who they think can beat Trump. Um, and then after that, because that person is going to be running in 2024. What kind of, I mean, Warren didn't run the greatest, I mean, Warren ran a good campaign, but she's a woman and she's a progressive. And so it was, it was hard. She's also older. Yeah. She's older. That's one thing baggage against her too, is that she's older and Kamala is younger. So it's like, so in a strategic sense though, I feel like, you know, um, like Harris, like the arguments people say, oh no, it can't be Harris because this and this and this, like, or, or like. If Warren is the VP and say people say I want Harris to be a G, some of some of the arguments are that well Harris turned it down when Obama offered it and it's like well yeah she did turn it down then but she might not turn it down now you know like mm-hmm. initially 
Elizabeth Warren said she wasn't when when Rachel Maddow interviewed her the night she dropped out. She said, would you be interested in VP? And Elizabeth Warren said no. The other night she said yes. So they're well, always changing. Yeah, yeah, this is politics. Yeah. People always yeah. change their, you know, I mean, if Kamala Harris has, if, you know, if she were, if it's not picked for the VP, and I'll ask you in a second, I'm getting to it. But uh, if she's, if she's not asked and Warren is, and then she is asked to be AG, or maybe she's going to be nominated for the Supreme Court. Um, if I were Kamala Harris, oh my God, I'd want to go after Trump. And like, I would love to see her go after Trump. There's plenty of AGs that would do a good job. But I mean, like Kamala Harris would be fucking amazing. So... I think that she might say under these particular circumstances, yes, I will accept the role as AG. So anyway, I don't know. Either one of them to me is exciting. Either one of them, I will be doing the happy dance. And Mm -hmm. both of them have great ideas for uh, attacking COVID and and handling the COVID situation. They both have written legislation and been involved in legislation. So it's like either one, flip a fucking coin. But I feel like, strategically speaking from my vantage point, which I don't have all the information, Warren seems to be the one that could uh, get, you know, work for him. Anyway, that's what I think. What do you think? Well, I, I have a different, I have a different opinion, but I have, okay. So when I think Klobuchar, I think of Carrie Edwards, 2004 and how like, blah, that was and <laughs> yeah. like, like no one got excited about yeah. it. It was just like, I was like, Oh, all right, let's go to the, like, I, I'm not excited about it. I, I do like them individually. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I don't think it's a strong ticket. No, me neither. Um, maybe in like the, some of the Northern, like, like the Northern central States, like maybe perhaps, which is important. Yeah. Um, as far as like Kamala was my number one choice yes. for, pre- I wanted her to be president. Yeah. Like, so I have, but I have, and I see Warren being strong, but I don't know if having a Biden Warren ticket is strong. I really, I honestly, in my gut don't see it. I'm going to tell you who my number one choice for VP is, and that's Stacey Abrams. Huh. Well, okay, you can, I, I talked for I, so long, you can keep going. No, I, I have, here's my thing. It's like, I want it to be either Kamala Harris or Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. That's who I want. I, I, as much as I do love Elizabeth Warren, she is so valuable in the she Senate. She could be Secretary of the Treasury, too. She could, or education or any of that. Like, she yeah. is so smart. Like, she, and, and she is coming from Massachusetts, which yeah. I was born in Massachusetts. Like, I, that state is so weird. Like, the central part of Massachusetts I call Mississippi. It's very conservative. <laughs> it's very Republican and, and very religious. And it's all, like, it's, it's like people think Massachusetts, they don't think of that but it is Mm -hmm. and that's why they elect republican governors and that's why they elect republican senators she is that is vulnerable to happen and we don't want to lose a senate seat yeah that and she also is so good in the senate Mm -hmm. she is so is kamala obviously and i do think that she would make a great ag i think i almost feel like she would be wasted as vp well, yeah, that's and I, what I feel I as far the as same thing. I get the same yeah. thing. But don't you think under these circumstances in this particular environment and climate that maybe the uh, the VP will have more to do? Like they will have they more. will. And she would have a lot to. Yeah, she would. And I think she would. Be, I think she would bring a lot to the ticket. Mm-hmm. I think. But I I personally see like Stacey Abrams so strong. She's also very progressive and she pulls in that Bernie Warren crowd. First of all, she's also, she pulls in everybody. I don't, I can't think of anybody who doesn't like her. And, and so I I get excited, Mm -hmm. like excited when I think of a Biden Abrams ticket, like I get like, 
And and the fact that like she had that election robbed from her she in did. Georgia, she won. She and did. the only reason the guy who won won was because he was running the freaking election. Mm-hmm. And she's been doing so much work behind the scenes that yes. she's not given enough credit for. She was the minority leader in the in the in the Georgia state legislature for better part of a decade. So she has the experience of running a state. Mm-hmm in her back pocket. So people are like, she doesn't have the experience. Oh, she does. She has more experience than a lot of people who are in Washington, D.C. right now, mm-hmm. who just like ran for Congress in 2018 and who are big and popular. And people are saying, oh, they should be a VP slot. I'm like, no, if you want someone with more experience, go with Stacey Abrams. She mm-hmm. actually has, she's been doing the work mm-hmm. of the people. So I, I get excited about it. So on, but honestly, of those like those are my top three choices mm-hmm. though i yes. like stacy abrams kamala harris elizabeth yeah. warren those Me are my too. top three i would be happy with any of them but my top choice is stacy well and the only thing about stacy is it's like uh i and i think that no matter what i mean let's just say it's not her the one thing about her is that she is so exciting and then just imagine what she's going to be like in 10 years or five years or whatever because well that's it yeah she was say she's vp and she gets on the national stage for four to eight years she could be our first female president yeah and oh my god and she could be black a black woman president oh my god from georgia yes (laughs) it's it's everything like it just makes my heart pitter patter and i get so excited thinking about it yeah yeah i mean i i really the i mean i i'm one of these people who said that she she doesn't have as much experience but i say that in that does she is she ready to be the president of the united states if joe biden is you know okay i I, he's gonna he's 80 years old and he's going into this fucking Oh my God! It would be in a you know. Imagine like what Obama had to do when he was in his forties after George Bush. And I know, how- but the, yeah, I, I sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Well, no, no, it's just <laughs> it's just like that's going to be a huge big deal. And I'm not saying she's not up to the task, but at the same time, I wondered like, does she have what it takes to be the president of the United States? Does she have enough experience to be I the do. president? I mean, I think she does because I I look at like when you said Obama, I think mm-hmm. about how he was a state senator, right? And then he was only a United States senator for three years before he began running for president. Right. So he he every that was one of the big criticisms of he was obviously of Obama and he was obviously good. Yeah. And she has all that state legislature legislature experience where she was the minority leader. So it's like. She has that experience as yeah. much as Obama had that experience. And then he was a senator. Yes, he was a senator, United States senator for three years before he ran for president. I, I do think she's prepared. She has that legislative yeah. experience. Like she's she's not green. Like she knows what she's doing. I, and she's doing things on a national level as yeah. far as um, yes, she protect, is. protecting the vote. She is. So I, I don't know. I just that's just my I mean, it's my personal opinion. And yeah. I'm happy with any of those three, yeah. three women. But she, as far as me, she's my number one choice. Well, you know, I mean, I think about also whoever it is, is either going to take over as president during the first four years or is going to be running. And all of them come with huge baggage because they have vaginas. And then two of of them have the baggage of darker skin Uh, in, in this country that is so fucking racist, it's unbelievable. And I feel like... Um, the vice president is going to need to prove to everybody. And, you know, I know that Barack Obama is behind the scenes running the shit. And I mean, I'm sure, you know, Biden has hired who he's hired. 
and he's got his advisors, but I'm sure he's, you know, getting all kinds of advice from Obama, and he's probably hired Obama advisors. I don't know everyone he's hired. I'm just guessing. But, um, you know, Obama's there, and he's helping, and he knows how to win elections. And I feel like the idea is whatever the vice president does, because she's going to be a woman, um, she's got to have really high profile. Because she's going to be running for president in 2024, and, and uh, the history so far of women running in this country isn't very good. Because when you look hmm. at the pool of these diverse candidates, you know, you've had, you had all different skin colors, lighter, darker. You had everybody there, men, women. It was so diverse, and it was so beautiful. And then what did it do? It went <laughs> right down to the two old, two old white men. Old men. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the women were, like, immediately dismissed. Elizabeth oh, yeah. Warren lasted the longest, but it was, in my opinion, frankly, embarrassing, the amount of superdelegates she, or delegates she got, uh, only because she should have received more. I don't think it's embarrassing because she did a poor job and therefore got fewer delegates. I think it was just because she's a woman and she's a progressive and she, instead of avoiding that question about Medicare for all, she took it very seriously and, and adjusted it to make mm-hmm. people happy and that pissed them off. So it's like, because she's... There's a, pro- a certain crowd you're never going to make happy. Yes. And, there, you know, there, and she, yeah, and she's yeah. a progressive woman. So yeah. it's like each one of them, you know, okay, so maybe she's not black, but she's progressive. I mean, uh, what's her name? Um, Stacey Abrams is progressive too, but she's not like, sh- she's not known as progressive. She's not put into the Democratic Socialist, um, you know, name club or whatever. They're not p- putting that. They, they will. <laughs> Republicans will. They'll put, they'll put on Joe Biden. But it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, I mean, I just, I just feel like whatever, whoever is chosen, I just hope that as vice president, they have a very public role to play because they're going to be running in 2024. I guarantee 85-year-old Joe Biden or 84-year-old Joe Biden is not going to be running. It's just not going to happen. I feel he, the same way. He's yeah. very fortunate in a way that he gets to avoid um, some of these, you know, the rallies and stuff like that because he's a gaff machine and he says stupid shit a lot. So he's fortunate now that he gets to kind of hide away and, and it protects him from saying the stupid shit. And, um, you know, it's not to say that he's not capable. He's totally capable. But, you know, he's he always got we always know this about him. He's a gaff machine. And so it's like, OK, just go away for a while and, you know, do your little town halls or, you know, your online town halls and stuff like that. But the rallies, like, it's, I think it's a good idea that, you know, we don't have to see him all the time because he is our nominee. He was not my first choice. I would much rather have somebody who was more exciting, but the VP is going to be the exciting person because, you know, he said, I, he, he did say though, and this might've been a hint. I am like the bridge to the younger generation. So Elizabeth Warren is certainly not She's younger than he is. <laughs> but, but it would be yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah, and I don't, I don't ever want to see age as a disqualifier because no. look at Nancy Pelosi. Exactly. I mean, geez, she's eighty and she's freaking right. killing but it I out mean, there she, still. So Nancy Pelosi and Bernie Sanders, in my opinion, and Elizabeth Warren, have much more. They're sharper than Biden, and they're just. It, and he's still sharp, and he's still got it going on. I mean, he certainly doesn't have fucking dementia or anything like that. But it's like, you know, you could tell he's aging. You know, my father's aging. I think my Joe's a little bit past where my dad is. But, you know, my dad has those senior moments and he makes jokes about it. And 
Um, I mean, my dad's still sharp and he's smart and he has a memory. I mean, he's like just like me because he forgets things all the time. And I'm like, oh, Dad, I forget things constantly. So <laughs> it's like I, maybe it's your age or maybe it's just something else. But I'm always forgetting words and names and what, when I'm in the middle of a sentence or something like that. So, um, you know, he's he's sharp. But I could tell there's a difference between how my dad used to be and how he is now. I mean, again, he's still pretty sharp. But there's a difference. And so, I, you know, I, I see with Bernie, I see with Elizabeth, and I see with, like, Nancy, they still seem really sharp. Super sharp, yeah. But, you know, Biden yeah. has been through a lot. I mean, he, he's, he's lost, you know, a son. He's lost his, his family. He's been through some fucking heavy shit. And, yeah. um, you know, and so it's like, it's not a, it's never a criticism. It's just an observation, you know, and it's, and it's not about ageism, but it's just about, okay, this person is going to run our country a- at a time where thing, every decision that is made is crucial. I mean, we could make that argument under every circumstance, but in this particular circumstance, <laughs> it's like everything yeah. is every single thing. You know, he's not going to be able to accomplish everything in the first four years. It's even like Obama said when he took office, he's like, okay, this could take four to eight years to repair or longer. And yeah. fortunately he did it, but it's not something like, oh, well, this is really easy. Trump has dismantled democracy and undone so much of what Obama did. And not only that, he has s- damaged um, the presidency and, and the reputation of our country for God only knows how long. Hopefully we can get it back or at least I start think we'll get it one. back just like like as far as geopolitical relations around the around the world like we. Yeah. We had that. We had a horrible relations with George W. Bush, yeah. and and then they called that the Obama apology tour. Um, <laughs> that that, but people like I remember that was when I in two thousand nine I went to Australia and I was on a tour. I was on like a tour in the Blue Mountains, mm-hmm. and I, I was in like the, the Blue Mountains of Australia, and the and the wow. tour guide took a, a photo of us, and he goes, "Everybody say Obama," and we were all like, <laughs> "Obama," and it was like people from like India yeah. and like Japan and like wow. everybody from around the world, and like everybody loved Obama. So I do think we can repair those relationships yeah. pretty quickly yeah. if we were to get Trump out of office. Uh, well, here's hoping. I mean, Jesus, it's so fucking freakish because, you know, outside of just being concerned about this virus, you're like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen in November? I mean, are we going to be in the middle of this crazy ass pandemic where it's worse than it is now? Um, How is it? You know, are we going to have a post office anymore? All, all these questions that are just looming over us and makes it even harder. The post office thing. I don't know if you have time to talk about that, yeah, but sure. that was that. <laughs> That is so weird to me that he's going after the post office because he has his voters are predominantly like people that need the post, post office. office. Yes. Like they because you can't if you want to send a birthday card. Like I saw something was like you want to send a birthday card to a rural address. you got to pay all these different fees. You're going to spend like $15 to send it there where you could slap a 50 cent right. stamp on it and it gets there. Yeah. Like plus FedEx and UPS, they don't deliver to post office boxes. So like when my parents lived in rural New Hampshire, they didn't even have a mailbox. They lived on a back country road that didn't mm-hmm. have cell service and they had to drive and they had to go to a PO box and pick up their mail. Wow. What would they do? Right. Like what would they, what would these people do? They'd have to have FedEx or UPS come to their house. And how much is that going to cost? Know. So, like, I don't think he realizes what he's doing. I think he wants to get rid of the post office because he doesn't want mail-in ballots. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's it. it. He's only thinking about himself, as he always thinks Mm -hmm. about himself. But he doesn't realize that that is going to hurt his base more than anything. And I mean, they're well, probably too gonna, stupid to notice, but it's going to hurt yeah. all of us. Oh, yeah. Like, we rely on the mail and we like what other outside of, you know, FedEx and and um, UPS. How are we going to trust anybody who's promising to deliver us our mail? 
I mean, we can trust the post office. That's been established. Yeah. Now yeah, a it's new in the Constitution. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like so that that's really scary. I mean, that that you know, I worry about that, and I, you know, you worry about the legitimacy of the election, and you worry about how he's going to handle it, and if it's not, you know, Bob was saying um, yesterday morning. He was looking at some kind of number and he said if the electoral college were based on Trump's favorability for this virus, you know, he w- it would be the Democrats would get over 400 electoral votes. So let's hope because he needs to be humiliated. He's going to contest yeah. this election. And the other thing that's no scary, matter what. Yeah. yeah what, uh, what's really scary is when he contests it, is it going to go to the Supreme Court? Because that like, which, which he stacked. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. What, what gets me to about the post office, too, is like if we were to privatize the post office, what's next? OK, the post office is in the same article mm-hmm. as the military. Oh, my God. So it's like so if we're going to privatize the post right. office, what's next? Are we going to privatize our military? Because our military is actually our biggest socialist system in, yeah. in this country. We yeah. pay for everything. We pay for their health care. We pay for everything that goes into the military is paid for out of taxpayer dollars. Yeah. People And then all these military loving conservatives never fail to recognize that. Yeah. So what happens if we we're, we're going to privatize the military? Can you imagine? It's like we're on the doorstep of Gilead at that point. Right. We're we're just waiting. Yeah, it just can't happen. Yeah. It just can't. It happen. can't happen. <laughs> we have to. We have to just. It's these little things that are just. I watched. I don't know why I did this the other night. I wa- I couldn't fall asleep, so I watched The Pianist. Uh, oh God! Yeah. <laughs> Great movie to watch at one a.m. As as we're in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> pandemic with like this guy with like a guy who's like the wannabe dictator and I was just like and it just it reminds you that how slowly the steps happened to get people into concentration camps and got and how how slowly there were these rules implied and things and these changes it took a long time it took years I think like 25 years or something yeah like it took a long time it happened so gradually that people barely noticed that people just kind of kept going along Mm -hmm. with it and kept Mm -hmm. doing it and they're like okay I guess this is something new and then and then all of a sudden there's a mass extermination and it's just, it's, that's where we need to like these slowly, these things like getting rid of the post office and like, I mean, it's, you know, like these, these are seeing like small things, but they're not, they're not. Well, no, that, that's extremely upsetting to me. The idea that the post office would be gone. That's really freaking me out. And, um, you know, I just hope that I just, I think what we need to do and I wish like, I wish that I could reach everybody in this country who had a brain, but it's like, we have to have a collective, um, a collective perspective, right? So it's like, you know, see the positive happening, see the Democrat winning, see the post office intact, see all of this, because there's so many dooms. People say, that's it. We're a fascist company, we're, country. We're done. Stop saying we're done. We're not done. You know, no. we still have, like you said, an opportunity this time to vote. Like if Trump wins again, and I say wins in air quotes, if he wins again, that's it. <laughs> we never will be able to trust any election. No. And they'll, I have a feeling he would turn into a Putin situation where he yeah. would just be president forever. And yeah. I would, and that's until he passes away somehow. Yeah. So I don't know. And then it's like Ivanka or Don Jr. or something. Yeah. Like that. It's going to, yeah, it's going to become. Yeah. Like, so it's uh, like we have to collectively yeah. just all see the outcome of a Democrat winning. And I, I, I wish that everybody would do that instead of, you know, Terry Canefield was on my podcast last week or week before. And she said, you know, she's like, these doomsdayers have got to stop. And it's like, yeah, we all get overwhelmed. And I'm not saying that I never do because sometimes I totally get overwhelmed. But like in the, in the general sense, it's like Trump will lose if we all vote. If, we, you know, everybody's like, oh, this person can't beat Trump. This person can't. It's like er- anybody can beat Trump if we vote. If we just That's decide that we're not going to have him as president anymore. Because yes, that's just it. People just need to vote. That, yeah, yeah. That we've got to deal with that base no matter what. But there are more of us. 
So if just get your collective shit, you know, just get your shit together. Stop being a purist or whatever it is. Or oh, I, can't I know that person because that. If there are any like like burner buster people listening, I, I don't know if are. they are, but. To those people, <laughs> I didn't get my dream candidate either. either. We're not getting everything we want. Our number one priority is getting Trump out of office so that we don't turn so we, so he doesn't have this on like tethered control of us. Like yeah. it's just we need to vote and get him out. I didn't. Biden was like not even my fourth choice. I know, but, me neither. But we have to rally behind yeah, I, him because we need to get Trump out. This is bigger than you and your purity. This is bigger than <laughs> all of us. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And I don't think there's Bernie. I mean, I know that there might be some, uh, there might be a few Bernie supporters, which, you know, like, I agree with a lot of things Bernie says. He was certainly not my candidate this time around. But, you know, I agree with a lot of things he says. It's the people that I can't handle are the people who say, I'm not going to vote for for the Democratic nominee or Biden or whatever. It's like, I can't handle you. So I don't think any of them are Selfishness. It's stupidity. Yeah. It's yeah. selfish. And I get why people liked Bernie. I, I fucking liked him. I agree with How some of the privileged. things. That he, yeah, I agree with some of the things that he says. And I just I just retweeted him today because he was talking about legalizing marijuana, which also Elizabeth Warren was talking about. It's like, yes, we absolutely have to do that. And, you know, I also don't have a problem with Bernie pushing the Democrats to the left. He did it the last time. And, yeah. you know, the platform became quite progressive. And so that doesn't Absolutely. bother me. I have no fucking problem with Bernie doing that. I really don't. Um, I just don't want, I don't want him or his followers to demonize the Democratic Party. I just want, I don't mind the pushing. The pushing is, you know, I pushed fucking senators to support the ERA. And when they didn't, I wrote derogatory blog posts about them and I threatened them with it. You know, it's like I was calling the chiefs of staff to different senators and stuff. I'm like, okay, if Senator X doesn't want to sign on and support the Equal Rights Amendment, I'm going to let everybody know that, you know, and and, and one guy specifically said, why are you threatening me? And I said, well, I'm not really threatening. I'm just going to I'm threatening to tell the truth of what your son, what the senator is doing. So I was pushing them and and it really made me uncomfortable. But when I did this, it was 2013. As soon as 2014 came along, I stopped because it was a voting year. And I did not want to badmouth or go against Democrats, um, yeah. you know, and, and, and I really did feel like, fuck you, male. And there were female, too, um, senators and representatives who weren't supporting the ERA. And it fucking pissed me off. It's like, how you're do supposed you not to- support the ERA? Yeah. Oh, God. And so I, I'm all about pushing our party when we need to be pushed. We should totally do that. But it's like we can't, especially in this particular time, we can't tear down the Democrats and treat them as if they're the same as the Republicans because then Trump wins again. We can't do that. And it's not about voter shaming or anything like that. It's just about reality. Uh, we can't, you know, the, people are so um, worked up for, for obvious yeah. reasons and we're all worked up in our own way. But it's like we have to be practical. When I see like Donald Trump Jr. retweeting Bernie supporters as a positive, Mm -hmm. like trying to like make a point, I'm just like, that's what they're like. We're eating our own. Democrats love to eat their own. Like that's the one thing Republicans are great at is just uniting behind each other and having a unified message and getting, even if it's the wrong message and it's horrible, they freaking unite behind it and they all get behind each other and they do it and they do it really well. That's one thing they're very good at. Democrats love to eat their own because we're so diverse and we have so many diverse ideas and we have all these things and we have disagreements because I think we're the smarter party. And so we all have these like, 
we, we debate and we have all these things, but yeah. there comes a time where we, we need to unite yeah, we need because to if we don't, yeah. we are never going to win because we're, we're all too like, Oh, we want this and we want this. And we're like, okay, that's great. So let's get, let's get our guy in the white house yeah. and we're closer or preferably to gal, but get yeah. our guy in the white house and this time around and then we can actually get some of those things passed and he will sign them. Yeah. Because right now you can do all your complaining and bitching and moaning, but if we don't have our person in the White House, he they can just veto everything we pass. It doesn't matter if we have people yes. in the House, in the Senate. It doesn't matter. We need the person in the White House that signs things into into yeah. law. Into law. That, yes. That's I don't think people wrap their heads around that fact. Right. Oh, no, sorry. I just don't. got a little bit ranty because I get a little. <laughs> no, I'm totally with you because it, it's true. It's just like, look, we gotta fucking make compromises. If we don't like the fucking nominee, then tough shit you know i mean it's just tough shit they're not trump and it's, it's- i didn't want biden but i don't not like biden that's yeah. the thing is like yes. i didn't he wasn't my top choice like he wasn't like i wanted kamala and then i wanted i wanted then i wanted um i wanted castro and then i wanted warren and then i wanted and then i was like okay <laughs> i guess it's joe let's go joe got yeah. to get tough go joe so i'm just like Come on. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just like. Uh. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is he's got I, I would really like for him to announce his VP ASAP because I think that we're going to argue about it. Um, like if it's Warren, the, the Kamala people are going to be pissed. If it's the Kamala people, if, if he picks Kamala, the Warren people are going to be pissed. So everybody get, needs to get it out of their system and then get together and unite. Because it's like, you know, I'm going to be happy with whoever it is. I don't care. I have a preference, but I swear to God. If it's Stacey Abrams, if it's Harris, if it's Warren, I will literally be doing the happy dance. I will be yeah. so fucking excited because that woman is going to be running for president and yeah. she is going to have huge responsibilities and it's going to be historic and it's going to be fucking awesome. So I really don't care which one he's choosing. I mean, I can't imagine it would be. And I mean, I think the four choices include Klobuchar. I don't think she's going to choose her. But out of those women, especially the three that we talked about, really toss a coin. I don't care. No, that's it. I would be happy with any of those three. I would be absolutely like super excited about. I don't get it. As much as I like Klobuchar as a legislator, I don't. Yeah, she's not exciting. She's not exciting. And I I think she's so smart. She is. And she's so good at getting things done. She really is. She's kind of like. She's under the radar, really, really good at what she does. Right. She's like a mom. Yeah. And I takes care of everything. Yeah, and she was like, if people actually like, what's funny was I took those quizzes of like, who do you line up yeah. with the most? I got Klobuchar every time. I always but she, get Bernie or Warren. <laughs> I got Klobuchar one time. I got Pete Buttigieg, and oh, I was that's like, oh, funny. All right, um, but I was like, I don't know. So I am. So clearly, my views are a little bit more moderate. Yeah. But I, I just, she's not. I love her, but she's not exciting, yeah. and that, and it matters. It does matter. Where I can see people getting really excited about Warren or Harris. Or Abrams. Yeah, so. that, that, they bring excitement to the ticket. So they do. And, and Joe doesn't have the excitement. Joe brings the okay. We feel like he's a good man and he's sane and he'll get us out of this shit. And he had enough experience with Obama and he's going to have the backing of Obama and help from Obama and all of Obama's, um, you know, advisors. So I think we all, you know, somebody says like, oh, it's just going to be a third term of Obama. Great, bring it on. Seriously, they're like, is that a bad thing? I know. If that, that third term of Obama, that that's, sounds that's fantastic. That's convincing me to like him even more. So I'm wearing an Obama T-shirt right now because I haven't changed since yesterday. 
All right, I got to run to the pharmacy. Why don't you tell people where to find you? You can find me on pretty much every social media platform at Sarah Wood Writer, S-A-R-A-H-W-O-O-D Writer. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I will put your Sarah Wood Writer and then your um, Twitter. And my, yeah. My website, sarahwoodwriter.com. Dot com. So, right. And I'm going to put yeah. that in the description of the page or the Patreon description of the show today. And um, alrighty, that's going to be it. Thanks for sh- thanks for coming on and thanks for being so cool and understanding the last time when it just all went to shit. <laughs> all good. Thanks for having me back. All right. You take care. Yay. I love talking to Sarah. And I can't wait for Wednesday because Steph's going to be on. So this is like totally uh, the, the comfort food week or comfort host week. <laughs> and I'm excited. Um, let's see. I actually woke up today feeling really good. I don't know why. Um, I... I woke up actually tired when the alarm went off. It was like I was punched in the face and normally I can get up pretty easy. It's not, I'm not one of those people that has to hit. I've never liked hitting the, um, you know, like the extra 15 minutes and then it just keeps, see, see, I can't remember the fucking word. Um, and you're probably thinking, oh, my God, Kimberly, it's this. And I just can't even remember what it is. But um, snooze. Thank you. OK, so I don't I'm not the snooze person. As soon as the alarm goes off, I kind of lay there for a minute and wipe the sleeve out of my eyes. And then I get up. But this time, oh, my God, it was like I was hit with a tranquilizer, tranquilizer gun. I was so sleepy. And Bob was sleepy this morning, too. I could have slept an extra two hours and I don't know what was going on. But um, I was just so sleepy. But. I don't know. I kind of woke up in a good mood. So I'm just going to go with it. But I got to go to the fucking pharmacy now. The pharmacy, which is like Corona Central. That's what it feels like. I just feel like all those little red balls are flying through the air. When I, I haven't gone to the pharmacy since this whole thing started. So I'm not looking forward to it. But anyway, I'm just going to keep this brief and just say, all right, thanks for listening. We're going to talk to Steph on Wednesday. Um, I'm probably, i definitely going to do a patrons only show next Tuesday. Um, or Thursday, actually, because Thursday is the 30th. So that falls into the category of April. So, or you know what I mean. I'm so out of it. Uh, category of April. Uh, so anyway, you're going to get a free show or, or a patrons-only show next week. Tuesday or Thursday, I don't know. It'll likely be with a guest. But if it's not going to be with a guest, that means that nobody was available and I couldn't book them. <laughs> and I would probably do my story of the guy who dumped me by omission, Aka. Aka, the uh, guy who like was Mr. Red Flag, and I just ignored it. So that that's always ready to go. I've always got that like waiting in the wings. But I know that um, having somebody on is also something that you guys like. So I'm just gonna do that. So don't forget, you can find me on Twitter, author Kimberly K I M B E R L E Y. Also, there are my books on Amazon: Peyton's Choice, The Virgin Diaries, Ain't No Sunshine, and um, American Woman. So you can find all those on uh, Amazon.com under Kimberly A. Johnson. And I will see you on Wednesday. Take care. Be safe. Stay home.